You're listening to Elk Point Baptist Church. Subscribe to our podcast to hear every sermon and like us on Facebook by searching Elk Point Baptist Church, located in Elk Point, South Dakota.
wake up every morning, how would Brother Jesse dress today? <laughs> You're not the only one. That's how I acquire my outfits throughout the day. <laughs> Folks, i got to tell you, it is a joy to be back here. It's been way too long, to be honest with you. Uh, I've had some things happen in my life to where I haven't been able to come back here due to uh, my father uh, having some health issues, and uh, that's just the way it goes. So the last time I was here, I was actually a member of another church in Bellevue, Nebraska, Twin City Baptist. I don't know if you folks remember that. Um, shortly, um, it's been about three and a half years ago, my brother, who was 42 years of age, passed away. And I was gone from my church for about five years. And uh, Dad said, hey, man, I want you to come back. And, and my heart wanted to go back as well. And uh, so Dad uh, asked me to come back, not knowing what was going to take place. Three months later, my dad's going to come down with this massive surgery uh, on his heart. And before you know it, I'm thrown in there and running everything for him. Uh, so that gets you caught up to where I'm at today. But it's been a joy to uh, be back there, and it's been a joy to be back here this morning, and again, to reconnect with uh, friends. And I tell you what, man, what a great-looking crowd here this morning. Amen. What a great-looking crowd here this morning. Even though Mikey offended some, that's, that's okay. It's, it's still a great-looking crowd. So, hey, brother, you just got to face the music sometimes. But uh, anyway... Uh, it's just excited to see what God has for us today. The message that I have today is in the book of Jeremiah, chapter number one. Just to give you a warning, it's about a year and a half in making, and that's uh, uh, how long it's been for this message to come about. Um, you got to understand something. For the past year, uh, I've been teaching a Sunday school at uh, my father's church, and so I've been dealing with a lot of older people. And uh, Dealing with older people, I've had to learn to readjust on how I preach. Have you ever had to do that, readjust? And one of the things was uh, an elderly person, he's 98 years of age right now, and he says, Chad, why do you yell? I said, I don't know, I'm, I'm just passionate about what I believe, and I didn't realize I was yelling to, you know, like I was mad or something, because a lot of people think we're mad when we're yelling. No, we're just excited. Amen. We're passionate about what we have that God has given us, and so we just want to get it out. Amen. And uh, sometimes our, our mouth goes a thousand miles an hour more than our brain does, and then I do a lot of do-do-do-do-do. I, I yeah. stutter a lot when I do those things. But uh, I, I've had to learn to uh, teach just a little bit different, because elderly people, no offense, Carla, uh, they're, <laughs> they're a little sensitive. And so I had to tone it down just a tad bit and I had to talk softer and then dealing with millennials oh my goodness they're so sensitive you can't even raise a voice to millennials my, my nephew he's 25 26 seven years of age something like that and he goes uncle Chad I hate the term that I'm termed a millennial because I'm a hard worker I'm not a uh, basement dweller I don't do this and don't do that but as soon as he gets a sniffle he calls him to work <laughs> but uh I've had to readjust some things. Last year, I was invited to a church out in uh, uh, Kansas, and I held a uh, three-day revival conference. That was my first one I ever did, and uh, I, had a, I had a good time doing that. And so I say this for this reason. I've been teaching for over a year now, and it's good to preach. Mm-hmm. I've been warming up for this day. I started uh, a couple weeks ago just warming up, getting my voice going, yeah. and uh, going to do some yelling this morning. Amen? Right? Amen? <laughs> Getting excited about those things. Uh, but turn your Bibles to the book of Jeremiah, if you would, uh, chapter number 1. And uh, I'm just going to read a, a few verses to you this morning. And then we're going to uh, go over four points that God has laid upon my heart. to really. This is really going to give you an overview on how to stay close with God. Because this is what happened with the Israelites during this time. 
so that's the title of my message this morning, How to Stay Close with God. There's four points that I want to look at this morning. Uh, the first point is listen. We need to listen. We're going to deal with that uh, a great deal, and I know I only got about 55 minutes, but that's okay. Amen? <laughs> the second point we're going to uh, look at this morning is uh, walking. Man, walking is, is an important part of our life. I'll, I'll give you the spiritual aspect and the physical part of that as well. Uh, the third thing we're going to deal with this morning is waiting. Man, that's, that's something we all struggle with is waiting upon the Lord. Mm-hmm. And I tell you what, I've, I've, gone, I've gone through something this uh, past three and a half years of my life, waiting. And it's, it's hard sometimes, folks, and, and it's hurtful. But it's just all these things will come to pass. And uh, one of these days we'll be in heaven rejoicing and, and, and glorying in His presence. And all this will, won't even matter anymore. Amen. Uh, the fourth thing uh, that we're going to look at this morning is, and that's the last one, I believe it's one of the most important ones, is love. Yeah. And uh, folks, uh, God laid this upon my heart to give to you folks because it's a great way to really end the year and to go into next year as you further your walk with Jesus Christ. So as I begin to read uh, chapter number 1, verse number 4, down to verse number 10, I'm going to pray. And as I pray, I always ask my church this. As I pray outwardly, pray to yourself inwardly. Pray to God. And say, God, give me something today from your word. Yes. Challenge me so that I can grow. Amen. Help me to look at my heart because, God, you know my heart. Amen. Help me to see it as you see it. So that I can remove the clutter, the sin that is in my way to further my walk with you. So as I pray outwardly, you guys pray inwardly. Heavenly Father, we thank you for uh, this day that you've given us. What a beautiful day that we're able to uh, wake up and see the sunshine. Lord, you created the sunshine. You put it in its place. And so, Lord, today I pray that you would bestow uh, your wisdom and your knowledge upon me this morning. Lord, you know who I am. I'm a simple man. I'm a simple-minded man. And so, Lord, I pray this morning that you just work through me to speak to your people. Lord, I pray this morning that I would glorify you through the teaching and preaching of your word. Lord, the last thing that I want to do is to bring you shame and to bring embarrassment to you. Lord, I realize this morning I am a child of you, and I represent you and your kingdom. Lord, we ask that you be glorified in this day. In your name, amen. Amen. Book of Jeremiah, chapter number 1. We will read verses number 4 through verse number 10. And, uh, well, let me see this. uh, Verse number 1 says, The words of Jeremiah, the son of Hilkiah, of the priests that were in Anoth, in the land of Benjamin. Now jump down to number 4. It says, Then the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. And before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctify thee, and I ordain thee a prophet unto the nations. Then said I, Ah, Lord God, behold, I cannot speak, for I am a child. How many of us use excuses before the Lord when the Lord gives us a commandment to do something for His will? And He's no different than you and I. He used an excuse. Verse number 7 says, But the Lord said unto me, Say not, I am a child, for thou shalt go to all that I shall send thee, And whatsoever I command thee, thou shalt speak. Be not afraid of their faces, for I am with thee to deliver thee, saith the Lord. Then the Lord put forth his hand and touched my mouth. And the Lord said unto me, Behold, I have put my words in thy mouth. See, I have this day set thee over the nations and over the kingdoms to root out, and to pull down and to destroy, and to throw down, to build and to plant. Boy, Jeremiah here has been ordained by God to go out and to deliver a message just to kind of give you a brief history of chapter 1 through chapter number 52 of Jeremiah to a rebellious people 
who forsook their Lord, their God, their Jehovah. Amen. For 40 years, Jeremiah was constant. Jeremiah was faithful in preaching the message to a group of people who had no desire to hear God's word. And when you hear God's word, what takes place? You have to listen to the words of God. And for 40 years, Jeremiah was faithful. He was constant in preaching a message that was not popular. Today I look in our world and I see a lot of so-called preachers and preacherettes, if that's what you want to call them, they're looking for popularity. They're looking to be accepted. They're looking to be exalted above God. And unfortunately, a lot of them believe that this is their kingdom, this is their heaven on earth right now. And they have a sad day of awakening coming to them. And so they preach messages to uh, be an encouragement to people. You ought to be thankful for your pastor here this morning that just doesn't come in here and and say, Man, you look lovely this morning. That's such a nice blouse. That's such a nice suit. You look awesome this morning. God bless you. Go serve him. Oh, no, I'm thankful for a man of God who stands behind the pulpit is going to give the truth of God's Word to His people regardless of how it's received. Amen. Because the Word of God needs to go out to people so that they can have their lives changed by the Word of God. And unfortunately, what happens is that a lot of people, they listen to an hour, maybe an hour and a half worth of preaching, and that's all they get throughout the week. Folks, you have to pick up the Word of God every single day of your life to let God speak to you. And when God's speaking to you, listen to Him. You have to listen to Him. And I tell you what, I've done a lot of things in my life. When my parents, as I was growing up, I would not listen to the voices. See, the Israelites here, they they stopped listening to the message. But regardless, Jeremiah said, you know what, I'm still going to preach because God put this in my mouth. These are God's words, and they're going to go forth regardless of how people are looking at me, regardless of how people are treating me, regardless, even at times in Jeremiah's life through the 40 years, they wanted to kill him. Right. He still went out. Amen? Yeah. And so, that, folks, if Jeremiah can do these things against the nation, we should be able to do that against people we work with. Amen? Amen. We should be able to do those things. But here's one of the problems that I recognize is you go through the book of Jeremiah, you can, you know, it's the whole Bible when you think about it in this, in, in these terms, is people not listening to God's word. Right. And so what went wrong with the Israelites during this time? They stopped listening to the voice of God. And the voice of God was coming out through the preacher. It was God's words through the preacher. Amen. These words this morning might be written down, but these are God's words that He fulfilled me with to give to you people. Yes. I am not smart enough to come up with some of the things that I have on here. Amen. I, I have not the capability to bring forth the thoughts that I want to bring forth this morning. That comes from God. Yes. Amen. Folks, I'm going to be flat out honest with you. I'm a stupid individual at times. <laughs> If people tell me a joke, I just kind of laugh just to say, man, I get it. (laughs) Two days later, I'm laughing my head off because it finally clicks. That's how dumb I am at times. But they stopped listening to God. Turn your Bibles to the book of Hebrews, 
chapter number 10 this morning. And we are there in chapter number 11 this morning. I wasn't nervous at all because, you know what, uh, the message has already been preached. You know, Paul's preached it many times and there's nothing new under the sun, amen? So we're just rehearsing some things this morning. And there's an important thing for us, for us to hear when we see God's Word. Verse number 24 says, And let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works. Verse 25 is something I want to deal on just for a little bit. It says, not forsaking the assembly of ourselves this morning. Folks, can I ask you a question? What are we this morning? Assembly. We're an assembly amen. of believers. Amen? Right. We're an assembly of believers. Now, a lot of people might sit there and say, well, Chad, this is talking about church membership. I don't believe it's talking about church membership because if you look at what's taking place in the life during this time, the Romans were doing what to the Christians? They were persecuting them. Exactly. I was a member of God's church when I asked when I asked Jesus to come into my life. But then I was added to the church. Amen. <laughs> and so it says here in verse number 25 of chapter 11 of Hebrews, it says, Not forsaking the assembly of ourselves together, as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another, and so much the more, as you see the day approaching. Amen. Folks, how are we to listen to God when we don't fill these seats every single time the doors open? Amen. It doesn't matter if it's at 9.45. It doesn't matter if it's at 11 o'clock. Yes. It doesn't matter if it's on a Sunday night or a Wednesday night. When these doors are open and you want to have a relationship to God and you want to draw closer to God, then folks, you need to be in your places to listen to what God has for you. Amen? Amen. Amen. I understand there's some things that take us away. I understand uh, sickness might uh, take us away from serving God. But hey, you need to be in, the, in this place. When these doors are open. Amen. Amen. My mother, God bless her, she's got charcoal feet. That's something that she has with diabetes. And she was in the hospital this week for about a, about a week, the longest stint she's ever had. My mom will not miss church if she's sick. That's just who she is. Why? Because she knows how important church is to her. Amen. She'll be on her deathbed. Take me to church. That's where I want to be. That's where I want to die. And I, I believe that with all my heart and soul with her. Yeah. But folks, don't forsake the assembly. You want to hear what God says, then be in the presence when you need to be here. Amen? Right. That way you can exhort one another. You can provoke one another to love. You can encourage one another. Folks, this is what was happening with uh, the Israelites at this time. They weren't listening because they weren't listening to the message of God from Jeremiah. Right. They forsook not only God, but they forsook the assembly. And so they need to, uh, we need to be in our proper places. One of the things that I come to understand, turn your Bibles to the book of Psalms, chapter number 46. That's in the Old Testament, just in case you're wondering. The book of Psalms, chapter number 46, and we read a verse here, and there's something that takes place in our life. It's called busyness. Folks, we're so busy, it's ridiculous. Yeah. And you know what? That's created by our choice. Yeah. That is our choice to be busy. It's our choice to put our kids in this activity and that activity and this and that and the other thing. And before you know it, uh, the kid has no spiritual growth in his life because mom and dad are so concerned and so focused on them being successful in a sports. Folks, I'm six foot four. I played basketball my whole entire life. I can't say my whole entire life because I'm still alive. And come to think of it, I'll never be able to say that. Because <laughs> when I'm dead, I can't say that. Mm -hmm. I can't speak. But we fulfill our lives with, with, with nonsense. And busyness causes us to 
close our ears to the voice of God. Verse uh, 10 of chapter number 6, 46, it says, what's it say? Be still and know that I am who? God. God. One of the reasons why you and I don't take the time to listen to God is because we're not taking the time to be still. Be still and know that I am God. We have to pay attention. We have to be still. And we have to acknowledge that we're being talked to. We need to acknowledge to be talk, that we're being talked. I'm going to use my daughter as an illustration. Uh, she might be mad at me, but uh, I'm a right home, so she'll forgive me. Uh, she's working on her second degree black belt. She's, uh, you're 14 years of age right now. 15. Holy cow. Where did 14 go? Wow. But anyway, she has an instructor every single week. He's talking to her. And there's times where she does not listen. She's more preoccupied with getting her gi off and putting it in her back so she can go home. And her instructor's talking, say, Jalen, you need to do this, you need to do that, do this and do that. And I'm looking at my daughter, just not caring a whit what's being said. And I look at her at times and say, Jalen, look at him, he's speaking to you. Be still for just a minute so that you can know what his instructions are for you for the following week. Folks, if we want to listen to God, be still. Be still and know that who He is. Busyness was their distraction. And busyness, folks, realize this, had become their God. Had become their God. If I was to ask a question this morning and say, by a raise of hand, how many people read their Bible every single day this week? And the response might astound every single one of us. So I won't do that for embarrassment. And one of the thoughts that might come to our minds throughout the week is, I'm too busy. Mm -hmm. I'm too busy. Folks, you and I should never be too busy to open up God's Word so that He can speak to us and so that we can listen and be still and know who God is. The Israelites allowed busyness to become the distraction and allowed busyness to become their God. And what took place after that? They forsook God and they went off and served false gods. And one of the major false gods that they served that is still being served today is Baal. What a sad day for them. Baal can't save them. Baal can't talk to them. Baal can't heal them of their physical infirmities in their life. Baal can't bless them financially. Mm -hmm. And I'm not going all Pentecostal on you this morning. And if I do sometimes, that's okay. But uh, Baal doesn't do those things. You cannot get to know someone when you haven't taken the time to listen to the individual. How did Brother Jesse and I get to know each other? By listening to each other at Chick-fil-A. God bless Chick-fil-A. Amen? Amen. The only bad thing i got to say about Chick-fil-A is they're closed today. We can't go there after lunch. We don't eat there. But anyway, take time to listen to somebody. Take time to get to know them. To get to know their heartbeat. To get to know what makes them function and what makes them wake up every single day of their life. If you want to get to know me, how are you going to do that? You're going to listen to me. You probably know your pastor very well this morning. Why? Because you listen to the words 
that God has laid upon his heart. Get to know that individual. Here's a point I want you to write down. God listens to you when you speak. God listens to you when you speak. Why? Because you are important to Him. You are important to Him. Every time that somebody comes up to me and wants to have a conversation with me, I try to put my focus upon them. Now, does that happen all the time? No, it doesn't. But I try so hard to focus on them because what they have to say to me is important to them. And I want to be able to listen to them so I can help them out with what they need help out with. I'm not going to be able to help everybody. I know that. I know that I can't uh, listen as well as I should. But man, take the time to get to know somebody. Be still. You and I can avoid the trouble we put ourselves into if we were to take the time to listen. I could have avoided myself many disciplinary actions on my rear end if I would have listened to my parents when they said, Chad Michael Springer, take out that trash. And folks, they told me that many different occasions in my life. Take out the trash. Take it outside. You know what I did? Outside our house, we had a trash bin just like everybody else, probably 20, maybe 30 feet away from the house. Now it's a lot further than that. The grandkids take it out, amen? So that's always good. I, I tested my parents one day. Dad says, take out the trash. I said, okay. Bagged it up. Out the door it went, right by the door. Dad comes back in. Son, Chad Michael, why didn't you take out the trash? He said, Dad, I took it out, man. It's right outside the door. And he's looking at me. He said, you didn't listen to me. I said, yeah, Dad, I listened to you. He goes, no, you didn't listen to me because I said take out the trash. And when I say take out the trash, you know what I mean. It goes into the trash can. See, we pick and choose what we want to hear. And so, folks, we test God, do we not? We test God. We can avoid the troubles if we're to take the time to listen. The second point I want to look at this morning is walking. Walking with God should be a vital I should say one of the most important things we should do is walk with Him. Amen? That's the correct way to reword those things. Again, I'm a simple-minded person. The way I wanted to come out was very elegant and uh, very sophisticated. It just wouldn't come out that way. So I had to rephrase it. But we need to walk with the Lord. And so after this year and a half of studying Jeremiah, the second thing that I've looked at and I've recognized what went wrong with them. Why were they not able to stay close with God? Why are you and I not able to stay close with God when we are supposed to? Because in the book of James it says, draw nigh to me and I will draw nigh to you. Amen? And I look at that as a great picture as I start off and I just take this first step. I'm drawing nigh to God and all of a sudden I see something in my mind. I I vision this God coming forth to me and saying, Come to me, son. Thank you for taking the first step. That was the hardest and most difficult step, but I'm going to finish this walk with you. Amen? Amen. And that's what you and I should be doing in our lives is walking with the Lord. And they went wrong in this area. It's not just a physical walk, though that is vitally important to you and I, but it is a spiritual walk that what you and I should be concerned about. I'm going to give you the physical side, how this will benefit you. Walking physically, if you ignore walking in your life, what's going to suffer on you? 
one of the most things that we're, the men and women are plagued with today is heart issues. Heart issues. How do you strengthen your heart? Is by walking. I play basketball every single week. I play ball with a 74-year-old guy that throws me down. I am not kidding you, brother. He throws me down. And he's tall. He's your height. And he, he throws me down to the ground. And I, I tell you what, I just, I, I wish he'd quit because I'm waiting for him to quit so that I can quit. And he doesn't understand something. I'm a Great Dane. He's a Chihuahua. And my life expectancy is done in basketball. But anyway, when you ignore the physical side, your heart's going to suffer. It's not going to be strong as physically as it should be. And that's why it happens with age. Mm -hmm. Age keeps us from doing the things physically that we should be doing to strengthen our heart. And so your heart will begin to suffer physically when you begin to ignore that physical walk. But when you ignore your spiritual walk, here's the other thing that's ironic. Your heart suffers spiritually. Right. Your heart will suffer spiritually if you ignore that spiritual walk with God. And you might ask a question, Chad, how do I have a spiritual walk with God? Get in His Word. This Word is not for you to have to put on your shelf to ignore it throughout the week. Yes. It's not to, uh, to go on your TV stand and to collect dust and Saturday night mom or, or the daughter might come by, grab the dust and, and just start dusting off so it's good to go for church the next day. That's not what it's designed for. This word has changed my life. Amen. Amen. If you were to know Amen. me when I was 15, 20, 35, 42, I'm 43 now, this word has changed my life. Amen. And I'm excited for that. Amen. Has my walk always been perfect? No, no, not at all. Will my walk ever be perfect? Yes, when I'm in His presence. But just because I don't have a perfect walk here enough does not give me the excuse to give up. So often people want to quit. Amen. And they want to get out of the, uh, uh, the walk with, with God spiritually. Being with God is not giving you an excuse to quit. You shouldn't quit. Because you're going to experience those hard times. You're going to experience the heartaches. You're going to experience trials and tribulations of life. And what should you do? Don't quit. Keep going forward. Amen. That's why I look to the older generation. Because they got such tremendous strength going forward in, in all their physical ailments that they face every single day. And as young people, we're, 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 we're pansies when it comes to those things. Yeah. We're, we're wimps. And we don't want to. We don't want to go to school when we got a little sniffle. We don't want to go to school when when our hair's out of place. We might not look right. But we need to walk with God spiritually. Turn your Bibles. This is very interesting. Turn your Bibles to the Book of Daniel, chapter uh, three. If I can get there quickly, and I, I know my time's running away from me this morning, and my Bible's not getting there. Anyway, the book of Daniel, i just seen it here. Are we having fun this morning? Because I'm having fun. Yes. I'm, in, I'm enjoying this. Book of Daniel, chapter number 3. I see an interesting story here that takes place. You have Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And they were under the uh, leader of who? Daniel. They were under the leader of Daniel, the leadership of Daniel. And Daniel taught these men how to walk with God. Daniel taught these men how to listen to God. And I'm going to show you how that came forth in their life. Because in verse number 25 of chapter number 3, it says, He answered and said, Lo, I see four men loose. Who went in there originally? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. 
How many people is that? Three. But what's the Word of God say? It says, Lo, I see four men loose walking in the midst of the fire, and they have no hurt, and the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. You know, <laughs> forgive me, folks. I see these three men just looking out through the fires and people's watching them, and they're saying, I see that in my head. I really do. And I don't know if those guys did that, but that's just what I see. And uh, how did they get to this point? Because they listened to the man of God who gave them direction in their life, how to live their life, and how to walk with God. And when you do those things, God will protect you. And it might not be in the ways that we might see all the, might want to see all the times, but God will protect you. Amen. By the way, just to go along with the Sunday school lesson, man, that was a tremendous Sunday school lesson. I, I, I needed that this morning. But God has a right to do everything he does to you because why? He created you. Right. And when he does those things, guess what? He's testing your faith. Are they going to walk with me when I put boils on their body? Are they going to walk with me when I strike them down with heart conditions? He's testing your faith. God will protect his own. Too often, here's what happens. When walking with God, let me back up. Let him lead. Write this down. And you follow. When walking with God, let him lead and you follow. So often, we say, God, I want you to lead. And all of a sudden, what do we do? Not today, God. Let me take the lead because I know what's best for my life. Who created you? God created you. Let Him lead. Don't get out in front of Him because when you get out in front of Him, that's when things begin to be ugly in your life. Let's move on to the third thing really quickly. The third thing is we need to wait. And so as we go through this book of Jeremiah, the Israelites' third problem was in their life was they did not wait upon God. This is why I said, as I close out this other point before I got to this one, the reason why I said this is let God lead and you follow. And when you're following God, what are you doing? You're saying, God, I'm submitting to your authority. I'm submitting to your will. And I'm going to wait upon you because you know what's best for me. You know what's right for me. And that's essential in our life. The Israelites, they got ahead of the Lord. They stopped listening. They stopped walking with him. And the third thing they stopped doing was waiting upon God. They got tired of all this and said, you know what? I'm tired of trying to keep all these laws. I'm trying to to keep everything in perspective. And God, I'm just going to do the things the way that I want to do those things. And that's when problems begin to arise in our life. One thing that I understand is men and women are not born with patience. We're not born with it. That's why patience is a virtue. We're not born with those things. And everybody says, man, if you pray for patience, you might as well just expect a trial is going to come your way. Well, if that's the case, then so be it. Because yeah. God knows what's best for you. Amen. You know, I'm going through a difficult time with my mom right now. And I, I, I've, I've stopped myself this week, Brother Jesse. God, give me patience. Because, man, I'm already going through this with my mom. I don't want any other things coming up. But you know what? We need to pray for patience. Yeah. Because God will give you the grace to endure. Amen. He will give you the peace to overcome. Right. He will give you the ability <laughs> to rejoice. Yes. Amen. Amen. He'll give you the ability to the rejoice. They had become an impatient people. Turn your Bibles, Bibles to the book of Proverbs, chapter number 27. 
book of Proverbs, chapter number 27, I found something very interesting here in verse number 18. It says, Whoso keepeth a fig shall eat the fruit thereof. Anybody hungry? Nobody likes it when a preacher, especially in a Baptist church, begins to talk about food because all of a sudden your belly begins to growl and you're just waiting for the end to take place and you got a pot roast at home and you got a nice turkey sandwich maybe that's uh, going to come your way. But let's feast on the figs, amen? amen? Let's feast on the figs real quick because let's listen to the last part of this verse. So he that waiteth on his master shall be what? Honored. Who is the Lord our God? He is my Master. If you've accepted Him this morning as your Lord and Savior, He is your Master. And because He's your Master, you should wait upon Him. And what's it say? The Master's going to do what to the listener? The Master's going to do what to the one who is waiting? He's going to bring honor. He's going to bring honor. Man, one of these days, folks, you and I are going to stand before the Lord and He's going to honor us. The God who spoke this world into existence, the God who breathed the very breath of life that I have right now, is going to honor Chad Springer. I cannot fathom that because I don't even bring the honor to God right now that He deserves. But He's going to honor me. Let me ask you a question this morning. Are you waiting on the Master? Or are you getting ahead of Him? Are you getting ahead of Him? Waiting for God requires patience. And here's the sad thing that we think is sad, but it's actually a time for us to rejoice. God works on His own time. God works on His own time. And God will do things when He's ready to do it. But in the meantime, my mother, God bless her heart again, for 24 years, she has suffered with diabetes with charcoal feet. For 24 years, even though we've seen God reach and touch and heal her physically, she still has it. But God, Brother Jesse, still wants us to go to Him. And say, hey, bring healing to my, bring healing to my mother. That's her thorn in her flesh. That's her thorn. She's still serving God. Right. Some of you have thorns in your flesh that might keep you from serving God. It's because maybe you're not waiting upon the Master. You're not listening. You're not walking. You're not having that relationship with Him. God works on His time and not ours. That became very evident and very clear to me on July 8th of 2015 when God took my brother out into, in His presence. Yeah. God works on His time. You know what, I can sit here, or stand here today and say, my brother did not die. Because unbelievers, they die. They face death. My brother just passed on to God's glory. Amen. I rejoice with him on that. God works on his time. Man isn't born with patience. One of the things that my mom and dad have taught me growing up, good things come to those who wait. Let me give you a piece of information, or a piece of advice, or something for you to write down. Relax and wait upon God. That's one of the hardest things for us to do, is relax and say, God, you're in control. Just relax. Good things come to those who wait. I know that for a fact, because I got a wife of 24 years, and I got a daughter who is now 15, who skipped an age on me. Good things come to those who wait.
The last thing that was very evident in the life of the Israelites might be evident in your life as well today, and that is love. Why did they stop listening? Why did they stop walking? Why did they stop waiting upon the Lord? I believe through Scripture, as I study this, is because they stopped loving the Lord and fell in love with the world. And that became their God, and that became their life. God deserves our love. Turn your Bibles. The last one I have you turn to this morning is the book of Matthew, chapter number 22. This is really a 65-minute message, and I've condensed it down quite a bit. I've talked fast. Amen? Because I can hear some bellies growling. But in the book of Matthew, chapter number 22, why do we stop doing these four things? And as soon as I get there, I will share it with you. Chapter number 22, verses 37 through 38. It says, Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. Why did all this take place in their life? comes down to these next very few important words for you and I to really gravitate towards too. They stopped guarding their heart. They stopped guarding their heart. As soon as you let your guard down, the world's going to creep in. You know, your house will be invaded by mice. More than likely, a lot of us have mice in our home. We don't even know about it. And a mouse can get through and invade and take over a home by just going through the hole by the size of a dime. That's pretty magical when you think about that. Because I couldn't even do that. They're going through a hole about the size of a dime. And all it takes is a little crack. And before you know it, the mice or the mices, and it's not Tom and Jerry here, folks. These are little creatures that women don't like and guys don't like as well either will invade your home and take over. How do we protect our home? By guarding it. How do you protect your heart? It comes by guarding your heart. They open the door to the world, just a little crack, one crack at a time, and as that crack began to open, here's what took place. They begin to love and to explore the things of this world. This world is not my home. I'm just a passing through. My treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue. I'm a stranger, and I'm an alien, and I'm a foreigner to this world. This world is not my home, folks, but we think it is. One of these days, very soon, I'm going to see my home. Yes. My home's going to be with my father. And I'm not worried about who I'm going to see up there because all that's going to come to play. I'm more concerned about seeing my father and him saying, thank you for guarding your heart. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Amen. Some of us don't have it figured out yet. Some of us learn lessons the hard way. I believe my brother at the age of 42 had it figured out. I really do. Well, Chad, you're saying he passed away. If you were to know what I know right now, 
some things that he struggled in his life. About three months after his death, he had a letter, and it was his prayer to God. He says, God, I can't take this pain no more. Take me home. He was a perfectly healthy young man. God took him home. And I'm looking forward to the day where God takes me home and says, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Looking forward to that day. Amen. But here's what took place. They shut out God. They stopped guarding their heart. With all the filth and all the smut that we tangle ourselves into. And again, folks, it's our choice. It's our choice to say, you know what, I'm going to stay at home. I'm not going to go to church today. Uh, I'm not going to go to school today. I'm not going to go to work today. It's your choice. I can't make you do these things. I can't make you come down to this altar and, ask, and have you beg God for forgiveness of your sins. I can't make you do that. I can't make you come down here this morning and accept Christ as your Savior because if that was the case, I'd be, I'd be trying to grab everybody that comes around me. I can't make anybody do those things. I can't bring conviction to folks. That's the Holy Spirit's God, the job. But with all this filth and smut, one thing that I begin to understand, Mike, no matter how dirty and how rotten I've been, God still loves me. Amen. God still loves me. Oh, wretched man that I am. Yes. Amen. God still loves me. Amen. I'm a filthy sinner. Amen. A filthy individual. I don't deserve to stand behind this pulpit. I don't deserve to open up this word and speak to you this morning. But I'm here this morning because God loves me. Amen. God cares for me. I will end this thought. How strong is your love for God? And how dedicated are you to Him? Are you listening? Are you walking? Are you waiting? And are you loving? How dedicated are you to Him? It's easy to say, you know, yeah, I love God inside these four walls. Yeah, I want to be dedicated. I want to do this inside these four walls. But when we walk out these doors, it's a whole different story. A whole different story.